Generally Speaking About the Church, podcast episode number 117. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the About the Church podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and today... And I'm Robert Johnson. Yes, exactly. That is Robert Johnson. Today, I am gladly bringing my good friend and prayer partner of like 55 years, Robert Johnson, into the show. <laughs> Robert, have you ever been on the About the Church podcast? I don't think so. Wow. I think it's been other ones, but not this one. Well, I'll tell you what, we are here for another episode of the About the Church podcast. And before we talk about Robert for just a moment, um, probably wondering, you know, where's Cliff and DG been? Well, we have been around. Uh, DG, obviously, as you guys know from listening to previous episodes, he's in a, he's, you know, certainly in a life of transition with a bunch of different things happening. And uh, what DG shared with me was that it was okay to share with you right now that the leadership in the Northern Kentucky Conference of the United Methodist Church is still in, uh, you know, in negotiations about exactly, you know, what his position and and things moving forward there is, and and they're they're sorting some things out. And before he can, you know, come back into podcasts of any nature, he has to uh, wait for um, some uh, a certain committee to make some decisions about some things. So he's just hanging, uh, hanging loose, and uh, you know, working hard at uh, the let's say the uh, fruit store, if you will. And and uh, you know, of course, he appreciates all of your prayers, and I would certainly continue to ask that you uh, you throw some prayers uh, his way for him and Tiffany and the situations that are going on as far as their transition. And also, I just want to say that it is my hope and DG's hope that he'll be back sometime maybe in late August if uh, things, you know, go in a, in a very positive direction there. So join me in praying for that. But I tell you what, it, you know, it's been a couple of weeks and I asked my good friend and prayer partner, Robert Johnson, uh, to join me. And Robert, welcome to the About the Church podcast, my friend. Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm a little nervous only because I cannot fill the shoes that uh, DG does, but uh, your dialogue with him is, has been fantastic, and I hope to hear uh, much more of it. I hope so as well. And, you know, you, you say that, though, and, and, and one of the things I can assure you, Robert, is uh, you and I have had some amazing dialogue about the church in general, and... Uh, I have no doubt that, um, you know, in, in DG's absence, obviously, you know, you listening to the show, your own enjoyment might be reduced greatly uh, <laughs> because, you know, you know, hearing our own selves talk about things, we might think, oh, man, that was a bonehead thing to say. But the truth is, <laughs> is, is that we put our neck on the line every week, and that's what you enjoy hearing about uh, from everybody else. So. Uh, people are right, going right. to love this. Now, I joked around at the beginning. Uh, I said, you know, you've been my prayer partner now for, you know, 50 plus years. Um, I think I'm 37 years old right now. How old are you, Rob? I am uh, 35, I think. But, right. you know, you get into the 30s and you stop really. Uh, I you don't know. pay attention to that yeah, stuff You don't anymore. pay attention anymore. It's whatever the kids tell you you are. Exactly. That's exactly they right. They tell me I'm old, so I'm officially old. So there you go. You and I met... Uh, let's see. Stephanie and I, I think, are going on 
Oh, crud. I don't even want to guess this. I, I, well, <laughs> St- Stephanie, and, okay. Stephanie and I got married in 1996, and you and I had met before that, right? Before we got married We're, or just after? No, just after. All right. Just so, after. You lived in that apartment. Which was where we moved right after we got married. Yeah. And we yeah. met you right after that. So we would have we met you in 96. Right. Okay. So 2010 minus 1996. Thank you for the jumbo calculator on my iPad. You and I, <laughs> met, you and I met 14 years ago. And uh, we immediately became friends against all odds. Yeah. Listen. I don't think the story is we immediately became friends. In fact, I found you quite annoying at first. Oh, okay. Remember, and then, <laughs> and then you 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 would irritate me to go to the cell group meeting, and I finally went after much, uh, uh, you would you badgering you would badger me, and I finally said, "All right, I'll go." And uh, Jesus talked to me that night, and uh my my view of you changed immensely and then we became the the best of friends <laughs> okay that's what happened okay so so like most of the people who eventually come to become my friends i i annoy you first and then uh, and then we give up and, the battle and, and, then and jesus I, I, whacks you over the head and says give this guy a chance <laughs> <laughs> thanks oh, rob funny. love it so anyway so we've been the best of re- friends for 13 of the 14 years and <laughs> now right. just no i didn't take a year it didn't it, take a year no. it was more uh a month. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway, I'll, I'll be quiet. No, that's good. Uh, so here's the situation. Rob, Rob and I, um, af- after he started coming to around to a Bible study group that I was leading with my wife, um, it wasn't too long after that that I felt the call to ministry. And believe it or not, you actually started to feel the call to ministry as well. Yeah, absolutely. Still do. I actually have, have a real reawakening of that call but it's a much different um expression of it but very much so yeah exactly and and so in the in a small little tiny nazarene church in northern kentucky the two of us filling this call to ministry obviously you know there was only really one avenue for ministry in the nazarene church (laughs) and that was to pursue the eldership you know to become an elder within the church to become a you know local licensed minister which both you and i did uh, then right. the next step would be to become a district licensed minister, which I actually did ultimately uh, obtain. You had left, I think, before you went to the district level, right? Right. Correct. Correct. But uh, only made it to the to the local, I believe. Right. I forget the exact terminology, but uh, yeah, it was it was local yeah. local ministers, then district ministers, and then uh, you're a district minister for a minimum of three years before you can become a full fully ordained elder in the Nazarene Church. So right. and right. and that's of course if you were full time ministry. So if you were part time, I think it was like more like eight years. It was crazy, but yeah. um, you know we we were taught that you know hey you guys have this calling for for ministry, then obviously you should be pastors, and that means that you should be up here preaching. That means that you should uh, you know be doing this and that, and ultimately one day you'll have your own church. You know you'll be a pastor. Right. That that was you know the, I mean it's not like they said you, it's not like they said there wasn't any other form of ministry but i mean really honestly that's the direction we were both steered towards and weren't really told about any other kind of options well i don't really think that that many other options were popular i mean i think that um they very much tried to legitimize it and they tried to do that in the best way that they knew how and that was the 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 course 
of action for them to to ascribe to people that were feeling that calling. You know, we went to them and said, "Listen, I I feel God is doing something in our life. What do we do now?" And their answer, in a very generic sense, is, "Let's let's get you in into the program. You know, let's get you signed up." Right. And, and, and of course, they had a limited number of programs, and so they put us into the one that best right. fit. So, right. and, and so that's, that's what we did. We, we were pursuing um, you know, the ministry. And, of course, the, the funniest thing is is because neither one of us, I think, was, it was our calling to be preaching pre- pastors. Uh, but, it, but it was funny because they put us behind the pulpit to preach. And Many times. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the sermon that I used uh, uh, photographs from the nuclear holocaust <laughs> <laughs> i remember that i don't know i don't oh know if you remember that or not I, I, but that was dude i so remember that was, that. A, oh. that was fun times yeah and of course you know i did my my first sermon ever was the life story of joseph uh told told in, <laughs> told, told in a painful one hour and, a, and 30 minutes <laughs> conde- condensed concise story I think people uh, had two naps during that sermon. I think so. And I, I don't think it helped that the air conditioner didn't work that evening. And it was in the <laughs> dead heat of summer. Uh, <laughs> I think I took a nap during that one. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so so those were fun times. Those were fun times. Of course. Um, Listen, and, not only did we preach, we sang. Oh, and, uh, dude. I think we cleaned a toilet here and there and, and volunteered in the nursery. And uh, I, re- I remember doing a few youth ministry events, you know? Yeah. I mean, you did it all. We did it all. We, it, was, it, was, it was wild times. Now, of course, there, you know, we could, make, we could have a viral video on our hands if only, <laughs> if only that we would have known to videotape and record our, mighty, our worship experience. Israel. The Mighty One of Israel. Oh, my gosh. Was that crazy? Yeah, I can't believe that they didn't kick us out sooner during, than they did. Sooner, during. sooner than they did. Yeah, <laughs> although they yeah. didn't kick us out, uh, which which goes to show that that you know with with as many differences as we may or may not have had with the the leadership of that church, boy, were they full of grace for the most <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> yes, they were full of grace. <laughs> oh goodness, yeah, because they. They 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 did put up with a lot. They did. We seriously. did we did put them through a bunch of stuff. You know, looking back, um, you know, I don't know how old would we have been back then. So that was, you know, let's say thirteen years ago. So I'm thirty. Oh, I was twenty. Thirty-seven minus thirteen. I I can't do math. So I was twenty-four. So yeah, we we were pretty young and inexperienced, and uh, you know, um, very. Oh, what would you say? Oh, some some words to describe what we were inexperienced uh what what's the other one foolish Not, foolish naive i mean we naive. we thought naive. we we thought we knew what the church needed and and how everything else yeah. in the past didn't work and of course we were only right about you know 30 percent of that um, i was gonna say not much has changed i still i still feel like i know what the church needs ex- <laughs> well i'll tell you what I, I still feel like i i still feel like i have all the things that the church doesn't get right but certainly my right. ideas of how to fix it aren't necessarily any better than what they were before so yeah i think eventually you you give up on the notion of fixing it you know i mean uh, all joking aside for a moment you at least for me i i realize that it's not 
it's not a matter of changing people's hearts. It's a matter of God changing people's hearts. Right. It's not what it is that I bring to the table as much as it is allowing God to bring, you know, himself to the table. Not like we have any power not to do that, but you know, he wants us to be a part of it, but not so much centered on me, but centered on him, I guess. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah. I, well, one of the things, you know, talking about that is, is that one of the things that I came to understand is, is I say, listen, if you're looking for the perfect church, um, you know, once you find it, whatever you do, don't go there because all you'll right. do, you'll screw it up because you're human. Right. And, and, right. and so therefore, you, you, as soon as you integrate yourself into the church, you immediately destroy its perfection because you're not perfect. And I'm not right. perfect. And so I've got to the points where I had to actually stop expecting other people to be perfect. Right. The thing is, though, is, well, is and there's, there, but there, there's, you know, there's expecting perfection, but man, there's just literally going through the motions and being outright turned off and, and totally disgusted by some of the just, the, the things that just happen all the time. They just, it's totally repeating history and, and it's just like, this is ineffective and it doesn't work. Yeah. So the, I, I still, yeah, I, I still I have find a my... lot of thoughts when it comes to my favorite quote right now about it is from E.M. Bounds. And it's about, I'm going to, I'm going to do a, a, a horrible, uh, I can't remember word for word, but it's, it, it's by E.M. Bounds. And he basically says, you know, men are looking for, are looking for better methods for church efficiency, but God's just looking for better men. And it, it to, to me, it sums up this idea that we, I say we as either um, those that are on church at staff or active in, in, in church life or the, you know, other than the people that just show up and then leave, you know, other than those people, other people that contribute, we strive so hard to think about efficiency's sake and to think about what will impact the kingdom of God the best, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm wrestling with the notion of, is that question valid or, or what is it that God wants us to, to do and to be in our own lives, in our own ways? And instead of making it about efficiency, let's make it more about, uh, you know, following the heart of God. Am I making any sense whatsoever? I, I totally agree with you. I, it, yes, it's, it is, it's not necessarily what, could, you know, because... I was thinking about this. I went to church this morning, and as I was thinking, you know, sitting there, one thing uh, occurred to me is is about when Jesus, you know, was washing the the feet of his disciples, you know, and and the idea here, you know, that's portrayed in this is I came not to be served, but I came to serve, and right, and that is the that is the mentality that I don't always have. I, right. I oftentimes when I look at a lot of the things I don't like about the church, I it is is how I'm not being served well. You know, right. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that. I don't enjoy this. I'm not enjoying this. This doesn't put me. You know, this doesn't give me the right atmosphere or the feeling. And 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 the question is, is you know, hey, you know that that water that you're using to wash my feet. It's not quite the right temperature. It's a little too cold or a little too hot. You know? Can you warm it up a little bit? Where's the Epsom salt? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And, and, Get the lotion. And so basically what I'm doing is, is I come into these meetings and I expect my feet to be washed. 
when it when God isn't necessarily so concerned about us, you know, you know, whether or not the water is just the perfect temperature or if we're using the right solutions in the water, the question is, are we willing, am I willing to take up a basin of water and a towel and to go and wash people's feet? Right. So, exactly and, and I struggle, I struggle with that. I, I'll be honest. And I've, I've shared it oh, here. I do too. I you know, too. I, I can sit here and talk about all the different things that I don't like about various different things. And, and, and oftentimes it, it just comes down and, and that's what God lays on my heart is that it's not necessarily about what we have to offer to you. It's like, what are you coming to offer? So <clears throat> I want to share with you last week, uh, our pastor preached a sermon and there were two things that he said. Well, there's a lot of things he said, but there were two big main points that he shared last week in the sermon. Uh, One of them I agreed with, and one of them I vehemently disagree with. And I'd love to share with those with you and 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 have some dialogue on it. The the first one was that he he basically he basically said, you know what he says. Some of you, you know, the whole idea was spiritual growth, and he says, you know what, there are some of you here today that you've already checked out. You, you, you've pretty much given up. You've checked out, uh, you know, for you, um, you know, if you're here today, you know, I'm talking to those of you who, well, you know, your attendance here is hit or miss, you know, you've, it depends on whether or not you feel like getting out of bed in the morning. And I'll be honest with you over the last three months, it has been that way. Uh, not because we purposely made it that way. It's it, we were out of town a lot. Uh, you know, going on vacation and then coming back. And then that next week we would stay up so late on Saturday night and I would sleep in, you know, I'd be working late and my priorities. And, and this is what he says, you, you know, your priorities are getting so, you know, you're, you've given up, you've checked out and you're, you, you, God used to be a priority in your life. Attending, you know, worship and, or the celebration here used to be a, a priority for you. And, and, and your pr- priorities have gotten out of whack. And, and now this is the, you've checked out. And and you know what he I mean it it was almost as though he was speaking directly to me now and of course you know that's how the Holy Spirit does things right right and and I know that he wasn't specifically doing it to me because number one he wouldn't have known whether or not I was going to show up that morning or not uh, and and I don't think that he actually but saw, God would <laughs> but God would uh, so so certainly I I want to share with you that's point one that I'd love to just discuss for a few minutes. Okay, well, did you agree with that? I mean, is yeah. that something that you're saying? Yes, I yeah. checked out. And, I, I and have checked meant out. Something to you? I have checked out, yeah. and, and this is a real issue for me. Um, you know, I I have found myself kind of letting my priorities get out of the way, out of out of whack recently. Um, and and I don't believe in this legalistic. I have to go to church every Sunday kind of deal. But I'll be honest with you, just just overall, generally, I've checked out and and I've kind of, in a way, in a sense, given up. I mean, the About the Church podcast has kind of gone to the wayside. The Almost Daily Devotional is, you know, I don't know how long ago it's been since I've done that. My own daily time alone with God is nearly non-existent. And, you know, what happened was, you know, I, I relied so heavily on God to get me to the place and to inspire me and set things up to get me to get this business up and moving and wow, seeing God pull through. And then all of a sudden month after month, I'm getting to the place where, you know, ends are being met. And, and instead of depending on God to make me work more efficiently and to, you know, to, to work and to use some of this freed up time that I would have available to me, 
I find myself working even harder so that I can get us to the next level because we're still not where I think we should be. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so I find myself wanting to work harder and harder and harder. And I find myself at this battle. It's like, I shouldn't be working harder. I should be working smarter. I've got this virtual assistant. I got, I got so many things going for me that, man, if I could just, you know, if, if, if God could just inspire me and things would just fall into place like they did before. But I feel like now I have to actually make things happen. And so what's happened is, is instead of turning to God on a regular basis and, and seeing him as a source of inspiration, I've, I've kind of given into this idea that, you know, gosh, you make this stuff happen. Cliff, you, you, it's your hard work. It's your determination that's made this happen. And I'm like, ooh, this is... Do you, do you really think that? Yeah. Although? I mean, I, I mean, really I mean no, 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 no. I don't really think that. But, but what I find myself is my actions show that somewhere right. deep inside I believe that. Does that make sense? Well, I, yeah. I've got, uh, I got my own thoughts on that because that to me speaks of a bigger question of like just where are we where are we in our life and in our walk with Jesus and in our lives with our wives and children where are we in that arc i mean in in one way of looking at it we have our earthly arc which is born being born and dying and and we're somewhere in the middle of that but then we have this other arc that actually has no end you know it we we started but yet we will go into eternity and it'll just be like this curve that goes all the way up on the ramp of, uh, you know, happiness, joy, peace, and all that stuff, you know, with the earth pers- or, or, or lived on that, on that graph. Um, and the two things that I want to say to what you're saying is, I, I think there's two answers. They're both completely different, but they're both completely applicable. And I want to say at, at some times, I think that we ought to read our Bible every day that we ought to pray every day, and that we should attend church as much as possible. Um, but I there, don't want to. I don't want to say that that actually equals spiritual growth or equals a relationship with God. Those right. things don't necessarily do that. Right. I think we ought to do those things out of the love for Him and out of our pursuit for Him as an act of worship, not as an act of obligation. Right. And well, if I ever think that we, if you ever do the almost daily devotional out of obligation, yep. people will see through it. You'll see through it. God will see through it. He won't. He he said, you know, I I don't want your second afterthoughts. Yeah. I want your first fruits. I want those things that mean things to you. You know, not well. Whatever you have left over is what you'll give. That I totally agree with you, um, and and to be honest with you, that's why the almost daily devotional has not happened. I'm I, I called it the almost daily devotional for exactly that reason: is that I never right. wanted it to be legalistic, and uh, the reason why there hasn't been an, an almost daily devotional because it hasn't been on my heart to do one. You know, right? The, and, and, every and you'll time read I, books like I think Crazy Love, and, and you know that book will sit there and challenge you to. Go, Sell your house, buy a smaller one, give all the proceeds away, you know, all those wonderful things. But I would underline if that is not done out of the pursuit of God or out of a reaction to his love in your life, but you do it out of obligation, it's worthless. It's meaningless, you know. 
So the other part of the thing... Well, before you go to uh, the other part, can you remember it? Because I want to uh, give two scriptures to support your, your thoughts on what, yeah. you know, the reading daily and, and meeting yeah. together. And, and the first one is, I think it's Psalm 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. And how is it that we're to hit, hide God's word in our heart so that it's so firmly planted? And that is through through taking the time to read it, to to study it, to, right. to put it, to to deeply root, give it root in our lives. And so right. that is certainly something I agree. Whether it has to be a daily regimen or not, I don't know, but it certainly has to be something that you know, we are planting into our lives. And, it's, and whether it's daily or a couple days a week or if it's, you know, uh, you know, whatever that may be, the fact is, is it's important to put the Word of God into our hearts. And I, I'm going to come back to that in just a few minutes. But uh, the other one is, do not give up the uh, meeting of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing, but meet one another more and more as you see the day approaching. I, I, I totally butchered the word for word, but I think that's Hebrews 12 something. Uh, but yeah, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together as some are in the habit of doing, but do so more and more as you see the day approaching. Uh, and of course, right. Hebrews... 3, 12 through 14, I think, is see to it, brothers, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly till the end the confidence that we had at first. Right. So, so meeting right. and encouraging one another's daily, I, I totally get that. And, and that yeah. is something I do feel the conviction of God about, is the fact that I am not coming together for the purpose of sharing in Christ with other people on a regular, consistent basis. And, uh, yeah. you know, th- that's something that is certainly a concern of mine. The Well, I think... Okay, go ahead. The other thing I was going to say, though, and I can't remember what it was, though, uh, was something about the the hiding your word in your heart. But anyway, go ahead. What was the other thing that you said? You, you said a completely well, unrelated thing, but still applicable. Well, and the other side of it to me is live your life. God's with you no matter what you do. Right. And he he died when we were in sin as sinners. And so none of those things that we do, uh, reading the word, praying, you know, going to church adds to God. God's already completely full. You know, if we didn't exist, he's still perfect. Right. If we weren't here to praise him, he's still the God of the universe, you right. know? So you, you still have all those components where I think they're good, but at the other side of it, I think we need to lighten up and live life as God has given us and realize that every day that I wake up and go to work, God's with me. Yep. And every day that we sit down at the table, God's with me. And when you're on family vacation and you're in Boston for conferences and you're doing those things, God's with you. And I believe that he's ordained it in your life to have a relationship with him and other people around you. And that it is through you, it is by your inclusion that he includes you in his work that you get to share in his joy. You know, And I really think that the temptation for Christians, including myself, is to pursue God with such a degree. We read these books and they challenge us to, to, to change our ways, to you know, to, to be radical thinkers, to live a dangerous Christianity. And we shouldn't do that at our ex, the expense 
of our relationship with God. In other words, if we pursue the idea of pleasing God more than just being in his pleasure, I think we run the risk of being legalistic about it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. And so I, I think, I think I just, what I'm at is, that, is I'm at this opposite end of the extreme, though. But, and that's, and it's interesting because, you know, I've been flirting with, uh, uh, uh Calvin. That sounds, <laughs> I don't mean it that way. You know, I've been really reading about reform theology and I just, you know, didn't help that, that I see Steve Brown preach a lot and all this stuff. But, and so I, I'm always challenging myself as to, well, where does God's sovereignty end in everything that we do? In other words, where you're at, Cliff, is probably where I think God wants it or intended it or he's okay with it to be. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think I get where you're coming from. I, I do. Because I, I, I'm not feeling like I've abandoned God, but I, I do feel like there's still I, – I certainly feel I'm feeling the weight of – putting too much pressure and stress on myself to make things happen without turning to God as the source of my inspiration. I, mm. that, that's where I'm coming from. And, and that's what, that, that's where I don't feel like I have, I don't feel like I necessarily feel like I need to start attending church more. I don't feel like right. I need to start reading my Bible more. Although both of those things would not be, you know, a, a, a bad thing to, you know, to pursue. I, it's it's not like I felt the conviction there, but the what got me is this the fact that when he said you you've you know there are some of you you've already checked out and and you've okay, kind of and you've, I want to say on I want to stop you there and say something on that when he's saying and this is not to put your your pastor on the spot but it I, the question that first came to you when you said that is are you checked out of going to church as it is an expression as in the in the sense of the church that you're going to in other words are you checked out doing what they're doing that is the second part of the sermon that i vehemently disagree with and yes i think that's what he was saying potentially yeah yes yeah. yes well and you know i'll go ahead go tell me the second part of the sermon because the se- i think it's a, it leads to it the second part of the service sermon uh was he mentioned you know and and he says and and here's some other things some other in- indicators that maybe you've checked out and that you've kind of given up on the whole thing is that you know you maybe you know you've been asked to participate you know down at lifeline and you say to yourself you know i don't like that that's not how i feel called to ministry and stuff like that he's like no it's not like that if if you were if you were in a, in, in a method of growth you would want to participate with that you would want to be involved in that because that's what the that's what the church is is uh you know leading people to to participate in and you know mm-hmm. and, and maybe you think to yourself you know i don't like setting up for the church in the morning or you know and on the weekend and and maybe i maybe i don't feel called Called to do this, and and you know that's that's I I'm called to something else, and and that's so I'm not called to do that, and and so he used that as further examples of people who have given up or uh, or who have checked out, and I certainly fall into that category as well, but I vehemently disagree with with that whole perspective, mm. and and it and it has to do with you know Stephanie and I were leading a home team uh, Bible study group that met in our home every single week. And, you know, I think I had shared this with you before, but man, the, the requirements of doing so when we signed up was simply 
gather a group of people in your home and love and care on those people and 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 uh you know be a mentor to them and and to, you know, kind of pastor them and and to to lead them spiritually and 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 to be involved in their lives that was yeah. that was the requirement when we started and of course yeah. when we had started that's when i had just launched this business right and so i could certainly do that i mean there were times when i just had to break away and say you know what i need to leave this work that i'm working on and i'm just going to take the neck this evening and set it aside to love and care on these people and and it was always a time of you know in refreshment encouragement mutually and right. over time, um, you know, they, the, you know, we mean a high school gymnasium and over time, uh, well, and when we first signed up, they had a, they had this ministry team. They, they called them roadies. Okay. And the, these, these roadies were people who had volunteered to help tear set up and tear down the, the, you know, the church, you know, all the classrooms mm-hmm. needed to be converted into daycare and, what have you, and the you know we had to truck in musical equipment and truck it back out and all this other stuff. So it's 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 a good hour and a half setup, a good hour and a half teardown for about you know ten fifteen people. Well, they had this group called Roadies that would volunteer to do that. So that was not a part of anything. Well, over time they decided, you know what? Now that we have all these home teams in place, let's just instead of having a Roadies group um, of volunteers, let's just rotate the responsibility to home teams and Mm -hmm. home team leaders will be responsible for making sure that their group knows when it's their time to do it. And of course, obviously to set a good example, home team leaders should always be there. Right. Right. Well, um, that became my quote unquote responsibility. And so although my group at the time was extremely small, myself, my wife and two other people, you know, because my group and our group was paired up with another group by golly, if, if the the other couple that was in our group did not show up, well, if we didn't show up, then nobody from our group helps out that group and that other group. And it just, I mean, it puts a terrible strain on them. And so there was always this pressure that I could never not go and do that. I It was it was a guarantee that if it was our group's time to do this, I have to go. And of course, Stephanie with three kids, it wasn't always easy. So there are times when it was just me. And uh, at the detriment, you know, at the time it was, you know, we did these things on Saturday. We would set up Saturday afternoon and we would tear down Sunday afternoon. Well, Saturday afternoon was a lot of networking with local uh, social media groups that would help build my business. And and so I had to give up all of those meetings once a month to go and do this thing whenever we were there. And it just got crazy. And then um, there was this there was this other ministry called Lifeline and um, it uh, they, they, the church is partnered with them. And over time they said, you know what, Lifeline, we believe in what you're doing so much that we're going to send groups of people once a month. Uh, we're going to have groups come. And, and so on Wednesday night, when you would normally meet once a month, your group will volunteer to go to this ministry and work there during your normally scheduled time. And it's like, okay. Uh, and so, and of course I had to administrate that. And of course I had to make sure that everybody knew ahead of time when it was the night that it was there. I had to make sure I communicated to them that, Hey, don't come to our house. We're meeting at lifeline. And then it's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I can't come. Oh, I can't come. Oh, we can't come. And when we first started going, they said, Oh, that's no problem. Your kids, they can come because the kids can work downstairs where they sort clothes. Well, we went for, (laughs) 
we went we went uh took our kids and right after we went for the very first time we got an email that uh like two days later saying no kids under you know fifth grade allowed and which is all of our kids so stephanie can't come and and so now here i am guess what i am now volunteered once a month to not to to not have our group meeting but instead to go participate in a ministry that i don't feel called to do i went there once and i tell you what rob I, I i mean it wasn't according to my gifts or talents and it was a painful experience and i only went out out of i w- only went there and i can tell you right now unless god really strikes me with lightning or hits me upside the head with a you know a a, a big old two by four i would only go to that place out of strict obligation mm. And so I decided to, you know, obviously I went and talked to them about this. I didn't talk to my head pastor, but I talked to the guy uh, who led all of the, you know, the groups. And I told him and he told me why I was wrong. He said, you know, you're I think you're selfish about this and, and I think you're wrong. But, you know, we have a difference of opinion. And I said, well, you know, I, I said, I think we just need to step down because obviously I don't think that you it sounds to me like you're willing to consider, you know, changing, you know, the fact that groups are required to do this. And I don't want you to make that you know, the exception for Cliff and Stephanie. So I don't think that that's right. So I said, you know, we're, we're stepping down. And so I haven't led a home team Bible study group since then because those right. requirements don't fit within my calling or passion. And, and so that's another thing. He says, oh, you know, maybe another example of what, you, you know, maybe you've checked out and you've kind of given up on the whole process of spiritual growth here at, the, at this church is that you've maybe said to yourself, this, you know, this isn't for me. This isn't how I feel called to serve. And it's like, no, dude, it's just go once a month. You know, it's like, dude, it, it's, it's, it's more than that. So... Mm. Yeah, and and so I, I guess I've I'm at, I I don't want to point to that as the blame because it's not. I mean, I mean, I can choose not to lead in and be be a home team leader and still choose not to go and do those things. But I could still quote unquote uh, support the church. But the question is, do you support the church when you you know are actively in disagreement with what they desire for you to do? That's a tough one, Cliff. I um, I am in a it's not too similar, but I'm in a position w- where I am questioning what is it that I'm called to do in my local community, and I'm going to say this uh, at fr- I almost agree with the pastor a little bit. Okay. Um, upon first thought, though I understand a hundred percent of what you're saying, but I do a, a couple things came to mind when you were talking and that is when I think we become a part of the body of Christ, we're, I think individually called to commit our lives. And I think we're supposed to be in a community too. And for many years I was not in that community and it, the effects were very bad on my life. And, um, and you know, you and I had a, a prayer partnership during those years where I didn't go to the church or attend any kind of Christian fellowship or whatever that word, you know, is. And it had a negative effect in my life. Now, that being said, coming back into the, into the church family um, for a couple of years now, 
you know, I'm kind of in a similar situation where I'm trying to see where I fit in, where my skills are are being used best and where God is calling me, you know. But when I hear what you're saying, I'm I'm picturing as an outsider a small community of believers, however big your church is, mm-hmm. you know, 100, 150 people, whatever it is. It exists as a community, and if you're going to commit yourself into that community, I think there should be a willingness to be placed where you the need might arise. In other words, you have a certain set of talents and gifts that God has given you, and you should, if they're wise, be placed accordingly. But I think what ends up happening is there became, there becomes an administration ordeal where you where you have to uh, as management of an organization look at the needs of many different groups and for instance that roadhouse or the roadies group that you were talking about maybe they never got a weekend off maybe they never you know what i'm saying and so they thought and, and they and the and the the leadership wanted to account for um I'm sorry, I got a phone call. We wanted to account to give them some time off, or maybe it was a money thing, and, and they didn't have enough money to pay the help, or whatever the case is. And so there is this juggling aspect that you as an individual, Cliff, say, I'm going to support this organization however I can. Or or maybe you're saying to yourself, I'm going to support this organization with these preset definitions i'm not going to support them in you know unconditionally i'm going to support them with conditions and so the question that i guess i have for you is is it the right organization to be a part of i I don't know that that's a good question to ask now or to talk about now but i guess that's a challenging question is it's not that i see you not coming under their authority Mm -hmm. as much as it is I see you struggling with a sense of efficiency, you know, with this, this sense of I should be doing this, but yet they're making me do this. Right. And see, for me, it's easier because the community I am in is very large and they only really ask the majority of them for financial contributions, which I give. And then other people do the other things, but in a smaller community, th- those funds not may not be there. Maybe they don't have. Uh, maybe it is a, you know mostly volunteer, and they instead of asking for your money, they're asking for your help. And I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I don't know that I disagree with what he's saying. No, I, I guess where I disagree is it, I, where I would disagree with him is saying that you have necessarily checked out when in fact you haven't. Right. I mean. Maybe have, but that's not the point. The point is, I don't think that because you don't do those things, that also means that you've checked out. Right. Or, you know, maybe there is a pursuit issue. Maybe the, the people that maybe you know, I'm day one Christian, and I walk into your into your organization, and I say, "This is where God has led me." And the pastor response is, "Well, you better serve this Sunday. You better tear down this service, or you're not really here. You're not checked in. You're checked out." You know, obviously, it's not a formula. Right. Well, I I do. I guess what I'm saying. Yeah, I do want to say this is is you know I'm not so much sure that I'm completely against 
all of the requirements and stuff like that. And I think that had the, you know, the, the understanding that, you know, Hey, if you, if you're going to be a home team leader, let me tell you there, you know, as a home team leader, you're going to be leading a group that's going to meet in your home. We're going to ask you to, to love and care on these people. And by the way, there are two things that we ask you to help administrate, you know, we, to, we, our church wants to help encourage our community to serve one another and one of the ways we do that is through this outreach to Lifeline, and we ask our groups to to donate one of their even you know one of their evenings per month to go over and help out. And also, you know, we've we've kind of made things a little bit more efficient. And this is the way we do our roadies, and 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 so we ask you to administrate that. Now, if I know that going in, it's completely different. I would have said, you know what, being in the place where I'm at right now, I would love to lead a group, but this just I, I just know that my time commitment. I think I'm better off probably participating as a member of a group and maybe helping out and just, you know, coming alongside the leader and caring and, 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 and communicating. I think that should be an absolutely acceptable answer. Yeah. Because, because, and I don't, I don't think you should have been told you were wrong to put yourself or your family in that, in that category. That's not the, that's not the right word, but you know what I'm saying? To, to to put yourself in that right ex- set of expectations. Yeah. That's well, not wrong. And in fact, that's probably the right thing to do. Well, th- I mean, I, I know for a fact, I, I don't feel any conviction at all. I, I feel completely that I was in the right for stepping down and stepping out, se- stepping down for the reasons that I stepped down. I, I know, yeah. I know that I was in the right. I was told not by my head pastor, but by the guy who, who leads our groups, I was told that we were wrong. Um, yeah. and, and we disagreed and, and, um, it was, it was not pleasant. Um, you well, know, maybe was, that was an emotional response at it, the time. And, it was, you know. it was, but, but the thing yeah. is though, is, is I, I don't feel bad. Stephanie and I obviously, well, not obviously, but, but here's information. Our, our church <laughs> encourages groups to take, to take the summer off during the summer break. And so I'm not used to doing that. Now, a lot of churches with small groups do that. All the years, I've been leading small groups since 1996, uh, and I've never taken time off. But uh, I think what's a little bit a part of this is I have not had that weekly accountability and encouragement time with other believers in probably two and a half months or three months now. And man, it makes a difference. You know, because it does, you get it It does. And to me, that's the church that you're actually missing. Yes. You you go to the weekend service. That's one thing. I don't, I don't see that necessarily as a very good expression of the church. In fact, I don't really see it as church at all. But when you get together in a very small tight knit group, whether you're getting together for, for the pursuit that you'll expand or whether you're getting together that you're a tight family and you'll be that way for the rest of your lives. I, I don't, but to, the fact is that you get together with other believers and you are accountable that you repent of your sins, that you confess your sins and you repent of them, and that you praise and worship God and that you pray together. I think that's scripturally speaking what church is. Yeah. That's that's a valid expression of church. And what you're saying, I think, is not having experienced that you feel the void in your life. You feel that community void. Yeah. Even though you may be attending, and even though a pastor on a pulpit tells you if you don't come, you're going to miss it, I don't think that you know that those two things are the same. Right. Because even when I go to a church service, you know, I don't, there's no accountability there. I'm not confessing my sins with anybody. Right. You know, it surely doesn't lead me to repentance. Rarely. You yeah. Know? I know that some people experience those things 
And that's because God is almighty and he can bridge, you know, he can gap any chasm with a bridge and, and use anything. But I think scripturally, scripturally speaking, we ought to meet together, whether it's via telephone or, or you know what I'm saying, just something. Yeah. You know. Well, that's why I was excited about you, you accepting to come on to the About the Church podcast. And, and uh, I'd love to invite you to come and do this more often with me and, and, uh, and to have these conversations because um, you know, I, miss, I miss this uh, aspect of it. You and I haven't had an opportunity this summer to really do a lot of the prayer partnership stuff. And uh, I, think, I think this yeah. is something yeah. I, I believe you and I are going to get some good feedback from this. From this episode, I, I well, tell you what, I do need to. We need to wrap because Stephanie is expecting me for something here in just a few minutes. But uh, absolutely. But hey, um, well, let me. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, let me say a prayer for you at minimum. Is that okay? Actually, I would. I would like to. I would actually like to do this like we normally do with our our sessions and uh, have it to where we close out in prayer for one another, just just like we knew, would normally do with our prayer partner sessions. So right, if you if, if you want to kick it off and uh, then I'll go and then folks there's no fancy music at the end of today's episode I'm just gonna say I'll finish us off and uh, and then we'll just hit stop so Rob go yeah, ahead that's... Father we come before you and ask that um, you would enter into our lives in a mighty way not for our own glory but for your glory I pray that um, that you would reach into Cliff's life and give him a sense of accountability with other Christians that he would be able to meet on a regular basis, that he would be able to confess his sins, the ones that he's struggling with, that that the people that would hear that would encourage him, have the Bible open, that they would read with him scriptures and that it would lead to repentance. And I think it was uh, Martin Luther that said that uh, a Christian's life is a life of repentance. And I think we've lost that a lot. And, and, and the idea for me personally is, is to change from my old ways into your ways, not out of obligation, or, but out of love and respect for you, out of a response. Scripture says that we love you, by sh- we, we love you best by obeying you. That's the best way we can show love. And Lord, I pray that, that you would help us live that scripture out in our lives. I pray for Cliff's family, for uh, financial blessings, uh, for spiritual blessings, for health and longevity, for peace and joy. I pray against the enemy that would try to tear down our lives, take away our love and our joy. I pray that we would be able to eat, drink, and be merry every day, realizing that you are in control. You are sovereign. You are just full of grace and full of mercy. And you're hard to, you're hard to anger and you're easy to forgive. And Lord, we have our sins that we've done throughout this week and this, these last several months and, and we confess them to you. And I'm sorry for being the man that I am at times. And I pray that you would forgive me. I pray that the people that I've sinned against would forgive me. And I pray that in reading your word and and being with other believers, that you would lead me to repentance and that I would stop doing those things for your glory, love. We pray and ask this in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for Robert, and uh, I thank you for this opportunity to get together with him and and to talk and to share my heart. And 
And I always love hearing your Holy Spirit speak to me in conversation and and I, Amen. I, I love what happens when the two of us get together and we just have these conversations and, and share what's on our heart and to see things from a different perspective. Oftentimes we need that. Lord, for the folks who will listen to this podcast, I ask that they would seek out somebody in their lives, that they could have true and genuine conversation and share things that are on the heart and be told, well, I, you know what, I might agree with the other person. And uh, I, I certainly uh, appreciate that kind of open, candid conversation. Uh, Lord, I thank you for um, just speaking to my heart. I thank you for my pastor. I thank you for uh, the sermon Amen. that he gave last week that, that was a wake-up call to me. Uh, I'm, I may have some differing of opinions, and, and some of it maybe just lingers from just the, the fact that I only have seen it from the one perspective. And and perhaps when, when fall comes around and... and we we willingly participate and volunteer in a group that uh you know that that we make the best positive experience out of it i pray that you know that if we have the opportunity to 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 go and we feel led by your spirit to go and participate on that once a month over at this ministry that that i would go not out of obligation and and dear god don't ever i, I don't ever want to go out of obligation but lord if your spirit leads me and, and guides me and 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 i just have the free time and and I can go for the fellowship and, and try to help out, then, then Lord, lead me and guide me and inspire me and push me to go do that. Uh, certainly, Lord, when, when it comes time for um, our group to have an entire month where they uh, devote their weekends to tearing up, tearing down and setting up for the church and, and stuff like that, I, I want to be there and I want to commit to that as often as possible. It's certainly not something I've ever been against. It's just I'll be thankful to not have to administrate that and to to be responsible for people in our group that you know couldn't come and and all that other stuff because I just didn't have the time for that sort of administrative thing when there are so many things that were already burdening me for administrative things on my mind and Lord I really do I thank you for the fact that you know I may maybe the last month or two has been hit or miss with my attending uh, whether it because I was out of town or just because I had allowed myself to be overworked, I thank you for being with me in all the places that I've been. And Amen. I look at the the content that we've produced here at GSPN, and I look at the feedback that we get. It's still clear, God, that despite me, you still use the content we produce to to entertain, to educate, to encourage, and to un- inspire others, and and things that you would inspire them. To do and and I thank you for that and and I, so I'm thankful that even though sometimes I'm a broken tool that you still use this tool to accomplish your work and and Lord I will say that maybe I haven't completely checked out but I, what I do know for a fact is that I have severely allowed my priorities to get out of whack I have I have done things where I have not maybe purposely said, you know what, God, I'm in control. I'm making things happen. But the the way that I let myself get so worked up about the things I must, everything I must do, I must get this done. I must do this. I can't quit working. I have to go back and work late. I have to stay up and get this project done. I have to do this. It just communicates when I think about it, it communicates the fact that I don't trust you, God. 
And Lord, I want to trust you immensely. I, I, I look at where I've come, and, and this is something I heard in a message from Andy Stanley. And Lord, I thank you for speaking this truth to me. But when I look at these times when, when, we're, when we're faced, we look at where I came from to see where we had absolutely zero in this business, had absolutely nothing. And in two and a half years to be where I am today, I know I didn't do all that on my own. And God, who am I to think that you won't carry me to the next place? But the fact is, Lord, how can I expect that if I'm not faithful to you? And Lord, help me to be faithful to you. Help me be faithful to my wife. Help me be faithful to my kids and and being a good steward of my time and my resources and into my body to get the rest that it needs. It's in Jesus' name. I thank you for my brother, Robert. And to, and the next time we get together, I promise to pray more about him than I am about myself. But God, I thank you for this week. <laughs> in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.